I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, welcome one and all to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. The big story... The big story tonight, if if you're joining us uh, from your local news, is the weather in Southern California. They have some, and it is the bad kind. They're currently being hit with an epic storm that is expected to bring a month's worth of rainfall in a day. And it's what the National Weather Service is calling one of the most dramatic weather days in recent memory. But surely not the last. These bizarre weather emergencies are just going to keep happening. We all know the cause. Al Gore warned us about this, and it's getting worse every year, so I'll just say it. The witch's curse. (laughs) I didn't see her cat when I backed out of my garage. (laughs) The footage from the rainpocalypse is pretty startling, like this of the Santa Barbara Botanical Gardens, which I'm told normally does not have a waterfall. And these flooded streets outside a wet suit sale. <laughs> Yesterday, those were just suits. <laughs> now, meteorologists say the drastic weather is being caused by something called an atmospheric river, which is also the name of my easy-listening dad band. <laughs> now, stay strong and stay dry, California, because there is some good weather news in the forecast, thanks to meteorological groundhog Punxsutawney <laughs> Phil... Seen here realizing his handler's beard is made from last year's fill. (laughs) Now, this is Friday. Friday was Groundhog's Day, and our buddy Phil did not see his shadow, which means an early spring is on the way. Or, or... I know, exciting, huh? Or not, because on average, Phil has got it right 30% of the time (laughs) over the past 10 years, which means he's way less reliable than the prognosticating raccoon... Coin flip Chet. (laughs) Raccoons have thumbs. That's why they can do this. Can't get a groundhog to do that. As usual, Phil, the psychic rat, made his prediction in the small Pennsylvania town of Gobbler's Knob, located between the sleepy villages of Reach Around Falls and (laughs) Slurpler's Grundle. (laughs) Is Gobbler's Knob... What is that? Gobbler's Knob isn't the name of the town, right? It's Punxsutawney is the name of the town. Right. Gobbler's Knob is the hill they go to where Phil lives. I'm so sorry. We will issue an apology. <laughs> if we ever feel sorry about it. Now, <laughs> while Friday was, of course, Groundhog's biggest day, yesterday was music's biggest night because it was the 66th annual Grammy Awards. <laughs> yeah, y'all watch. Big... Taylor Swift won her fourth album of the year, Grammy. Yeah, big night. And and she used the occasion to make this surprise announcement. I want to say thank you to the fans by telling you a secret that I've been keeping from you for the last two years. 
which is that my brand new album comes out April 19th. It's called, <laughs> it's called the Tortured Poets Department. Yay, new Tay-Tay! Yay, new Tay-Tay! Tay-Tay, new yay! Coincidentally, <laughs> a Tortured Poets Department, also a rejected title for the movie Dead Poets Society, <laughs> along with Bad School, Good Teacher, and Those Rich Boys Sure Are Sad. <laughs> now, uh... On Saturday, just this past Saturday, voters went to the polls in my home state of South Carolina for the first official Democratic primary, and President Joe Biden took 96% of the votes. 96.2. Yeah. 96.2% of the votes. 90, that is very close to 100, which is also Joe's new campaign slogan. Oh, God. I just got it. Sure. So... In his victory speech, Biden showed his gratitude to the people of the Palmetto State. It's good to be home. You know what's really good about it, Kamala? These people know me, and they're still here. <laughs> These are the folks, as that saying goes up in Glamour, who brung me to the dance. Yes, South Carolina brung Biden to the dance. <laughs> then they said, actually, you know what? Let's wait for a slow one. <laughs> Not sure if those knees can handle the electric slide. <laughs> Biden also reminisced about the first time he ran for the Senate, and he got a little distracted. I remember my sister uh, coming home when we were starting to run for the Senate and said, I think you need some help. <laughs> this is back in 1990. No, I'm only joking. Hey, John, how are you? 1972. Oh, God. Oh, Joe. But it does remind me of that Prince song. Cause tonight we're gonna party like it's 1990. I'm only joking. Hey, John, how are you? 1972. We also got a glimpse of what Biden is like behind the scenes. Uh, because according to reports, uh, Biden recently said of Donald Trump, what a ass the guy is. Now, now the image you have. A little rough of Joe. Now, that sounds rough, but it's actually just a new question on the presidential cognitive exam. <laughs> Biden has also described Trump as someone who delights in others' misfortunes, calling him a sick <laughs> To which Trump objected, I'm not sick. Doctors are always coming up to me. These doctors, big doctors, tears in their eyes, big guys, strong doctors. Doctors who never cry. I'm talking lumberjack football playing doctors. And they say, sir, sir, you're the healthiest <laughs> Now, little penicillin cleans up the old, old sick. Of course, Biden's not the first president to work blue. I mean, those of us of a certain age all remember when Ronald Reagan said this. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down these nuts. You okay? You okay? It's Lampley. It's Lampley, all right? If you don't show up to rehearsal, then this is going to happen. <laughs> Trump's staying focused on his core message, him. This weekend, he posted this message on social media. For so many years, people have been saying that Elvis and I look alike. Now, this pic 
has been going all over the place. What do you think, along with this picture? <laughs> look, I don't care for the guy. You know that. But I do think Donald Trump does look like Elvis if you dug up Elvis now. <laughs> you know? They have a lot in common. Yeah. Look. They have a lot in common. In Trump's high school yearbook, he was voted most likely to die on the toilet. <laughs> you know that's how the king went, right? Okay. Yesterday, Trump sat down with Maria Bartiromo of the Fox News, and she gave him a chance to walk back his I want to be a dictator comments, and he did kinda. It was with Sean Hannity, and we were having fun, and I said, I'm going to be a dictator, because he asked me, are you really going to be a dictator? I said, absolutely, I'm going to be a dictator for one day. That was said in jest. See? Everybody settled down. He's just kidding about being a dictator, just like Hitler's famous memoir, Mein Jest. <laughs> then, then Bartiromo asked Trump about some unlikely states he hopes to win. Are you going to be able to flip blue states like in New York and in New Jersey? There's a I rumor you're so. going to do a rally in the South Bronx. I think so, yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> there is no way on earth. No, 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 no. Trump, Trump is not flipping those states, although I can think of one thing voters from New York and New Jersey would be willing to flip him. Yeah. Oh, here's a little story that caught my eye. Everything has changed forever and we can never go back. Because over the weekend, Apple released their augmented reality headset, the Apple Vision Pro, a breakthrough that will bring humanity to an unprecedented plane of digital omniscience for everyone who has $3,500 to blow on Wi-Fi ski goggles. <laughs> now, when, when it was released, people lined up to be the very first ones to never see their families again. And what sets these goggles apart is that they allow you to see the world around you as well as their digital content that they provide. So many people decided to bring their headset out into the world. In, in one viral video, a New Yorker appeared to be using it on his subway commute. You know what? Good for him. I always personally appreciate it when a man on the subway has the courtesy to watch invisible porn. <laughs> the the engoggled... The engoggled were also seen in their natural habitat on the face of the driver of a Tesla Cybertruck. I assume the driver is using augmented reality to pretend that they're driving a much less embarrassing car. <laughs> and last summer... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I would test drive what they gave me. Last summer, uh, and this is true, uh, I got to play with uh, these, these, these goggles, this, uh, this uh, Apple Vision Pro for about 45 minutes uh, because I'm special. And my first reaction after I took them off, and I said this to the person in the room showing me uh, the goggles, I said, you sons of bitches, you did it again. Because they have figured something out here that made the experience so wonderful that I'm sure at some point we're all going to regret that they did. But in the meantime, and I'm not here to do an ad for Apple, but if I do not get one, I will die. <laughs> And I'm sure they're thinking, hey, you're rich, go buy one. I can't buy one because my wife, Evie, still pays all our bills. <laughs> and she would not be thrilled to find that I spent $3,500 to be in the same room with her, but not be in the same room with her. 
<laughs> she wouldn't appreciate that. Now, here's the thing. I thought... She's out of town now. I could, I could just... <laughs> I thought they would send me a free one, but they did not send me a free one. No big deal, because you know what? I got my own high-tech goggles. They're made of a space-age uh, polymer, and they augment all of reality. Oh. See? Blurry. Hey! <laughs> Chris. <laughs> and the sound is amazing. It's like the band is right there. But if you're skeptical about this face-based computing device, then check out this reporter's review of the headset's killer app absolute best thing. So I see the timer here, and now I can move it over the pasta. And now I have a second timer for six minutes that I'm putting over the mushrooms. This is just the coolest. Jab a tube in my spine and toss me in a goo pod I want to cook in the Matrix. <laughs> How else could you possibly set a timer for your pasta? Use the one on your oven? Well, then you have to buy a second oven just to have a timer for your sauce. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Senator Elizabeth Warren. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest tonight is the senior senator from Massachusetts and a former presidential candidate. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Senator Elizabeth Warren. lovely to have you on. It must be big doings down in Washington oh, for Elizabeth doings. Warren to be on here to explain yeah. things to us. But before before we get into to anything else we talk about, um, Taylor Swift won big at the Grammys last night. Yeah. Okay. Was that phase one of the Democrats' deep state plan for the you Chiefs? You bet. <laughs> yes. You bet. And all I can say to Donald Trump is, haters gotta hate, 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 hate. There you go. Go. Speak, speaking in. of the Super Bowl, uh, yeah. one of our guests after the Super Bowl is Ryan Gosling, and I understand that your dog Bailey is is a fan because there he is uh, dressed up as Ken. <laughs> is this for Halloween? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So Bailey was such a good Ken at Halloween. Yeah. Little kids came to our house, rang the doorbell, and thought it was the real Ken. I mean, he had the Wow, there are a lot of different Kens. Yeah. You know, that there could are. be. There are. All right. Uh, Everyone should have their own Ken. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> a big, big, big news down in Washington, D.C. Yeah. this past weekend. The Senate has a border deal that includes funding for Israel, Ukraine, some for Taiwan, and um, 
here's the thing. You're really good at ex- explaining things. Explain to me what this deal is and would you vote for it? Okay, so let's get back up just a little bit and get a frame around this. First is all this started because we need to get aid to Ukraine. Uh, the Ukrainians are out there on the front lines every single day fighting a Russian invasion. They are now starting into their third year of fighting back against the Russians invading their country. And they need help. And the United States needs to help them. So that's our starting point. Yep. Okay. So... And at one point, the Republicans were all for this. Totally for it. Everybody had agreed in Washington, we're going to do this. President wanted it. Both sides, Republicans and Democrats. Then... The Republicans in the House said, no, 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 we can't do this unless we also do immigration changes. We've got to do something at the border. Mm-hmm. And Which is so, an understandable impulse given how high the crossings have been. Look, it's an understandable impulse because we have needed to do immigration reform for years and years and years now to get this right. So the president, being the kind of guy he is, said, okay, let's sit down and negotiate. And so for four months now, There have been negotiations back and forth, and there were some other pieces added to the bill, but mostly negotiations about the border. And now what we've got is we've got a compromise, not the bill I would have written. It's not the bill a lot of other people would have written. In fact, it's it's actually the bill the Republicans probably couldn't get under other circumstances. That's right. Because it doesn't have comprehensive immigration reform. It has border security. Well, and so here's the thing. It's got some really good pieces in it. It's got more resources for the border, which is good. It's got in it, for example, accelerated... It's got work permits in it. So people who are here, who are trying to get asylum, actually would be allowed legally to go get jobs. And that means... Yeah! Pay taxes. They could... They could move out of shelters. They could pay taxes. And look, at least back home in Massachusetts, there are a lot of employers who really would like to have the extra help, to have the extra workers. So there's some good things in here. I also want to say there's some things that are really missing here. You remember back during COVID that one of the things we all talked about were the essential workers who kept us all going. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of undocumented workers. And I worked on a bill with a lot of other people to say, let's create a path to citizenship for these undocumented workers. Let's not, I don't want to bang a pan to say thank you. I actually want to say you have helped save this nation. You kept our food supply going. You kept our medical care going. You kept our trash pickup going. We are grateful, and we will show we are grateful by creating a path to citizenship. Okay, just so we can get here. But I want to be clear. I I got to ask one thing here is that, so McConnell worked on this bill. McConnell wants this bill, right? But that's not in this bill. Oh, that's not in this bill. That's, That's the point I want you to hear. So what we've got, I know... So, so what we've got is we've got a bill that's got some good parts, but it's really missing a lot of parts. It doesn't have what to give the dreamers a chance to be able to get their path to citizenship. People who are here who are called mixed-status families, some American citizens and some not, trying to create some paths to citizenship, none of that is in this bill. So this is a bill... One of the criticisms that's been thrown out there, this is just another form of amnesty, this bill. No. That's not. That's being said. Look, I wish it had paths to citizenship for people who are already here, for people who have worked so hard. But what it's got is it does permit people to come in and ask for asylum. This is a part of our 
national law. This is a part of our national heritage. And frankly, it's a part of international law. We treat people with respect, and it well, is important we continue to do that. What are, given the fact that more people are crossing in a few months that used to 10 years ago were crossing in a year, what, what, is, what do you think, what is the United States' responsibility for those people seeking asylum in the United States? So it's to say, do you really have a legitimate asylum claim? Some do and some don't. And so part of what this bill is about is putting in more resources so that it is possible to determine faster who's in and who's not in and to get some fair adjudication around that. And that's, this is where the hard parts are because there's some changes in the standards. So I'm still digging through this bill. Now, McConnell worked on this bill. McConnell's yeah. for this bill. Yeah. But Mike Johnson, uh, the Speaker of the House, has said that it's dead on arrival. Now, um, have you ever seen this kind of infighting among the Republicans? Not often enough. Uh, but, <laughs> but here's the thing on this one. The reason that Mike Johnson is saying no is not because there's a specific problem with the bill. The reason is Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump hopes that the problems at the border will be worse because he thinks that will give him an opportunity to be able to run on that and get more votes when he's able, frankly, to call people terrible names and try to demagogue the whole thing. Donald Trump is looking for a political advantage, and if it hurts this country, he doesn't care. And you know what? It's not the first time he's done it. He's also out there hoping, hoping, he says, cheering on that the United States will go into a recession People will lose their jobs. People will lose their savings because he thinks that will help Donald Trump get elected. That's the kind of man who is running for president from the Republicans, and that's why we got to beat him. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I hasn't he hasn't he kind of blown it because everybody knows that he's done this, and he's actually said out loud, "You can blame this on me." You know, that's the part. There are a lot of folks who just continue to go with him. I don't think it's any place close to a majority of this country. But that's why it is that it's so important that the rest of us get organized and recognize the importance of this upcoming election in November. We have to take a quick break, uh, but stick around. We'll be right back with more. Senator Elizabeth Warren, everybody. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, look at that. We're back here with Senator Elizabeth Warren. Why, why are you mad at uh, Jerome Powell? Well... The, the, head, the, the Fed chair, Jerome Powell. I know you don't like rich guys, but yeah. why don't you, like... <laughs> you rolled your eyes at Elon Musk the last time we were talking. Uh, Elon Musk is still on my list. Um... <laughs> But on Jerome Powell, it's about interest rates. Look, Jerome Powell and the Fed raised interest rates extraordinarily. I mean, just uh, uh, remarkably. And now they're at a very high level. 
the problem is, yes, we had inflation, but inflation was being caused by a lot of things, like supply chain kinks that COVID had given us. The war in Ukraine had driven up energy prices very sharply and the price of wheat. And giant corporations looked around and said, oh, everybody's talking about inflation right now. Great time to raise our prices. And they didn't just raise those prices to cover costs. They raised those prices triple and quadruple what they needed to raise them. We know that because their profit margins went up. It's called price gouging. So Jerome Powell raised interest rates. Inflation has come back down. uh, Six of the last seven months, inflation has been at 2% or lower, which is the Fed's target. And now what's happening with this high inflation rate, we've gotten the other stuff pretty much starting to get it under control. Biden administration is fighting back. But this high interest rate is driving up the cost of housing. It means that people can't afford a mortgage. First-time buyer can't get into this market. People can't move. And even for renters, it affects what you pay for rent. Because when your landlord's paying more for a mortgage, believe you me, the landlord passes it on to the tenant. Plus, it means there's less new construction and we need more housing. So I want him to bring those interest rates down. He's causing higher costs for the American people. You guys can't force him to do anything, right? The Fed, the Fed is independent. They right? are independent. But I think we need to keep pointing out this economic argument here. He has a job, a responsibility. He's supposed to be concerned about inflation. That's exactly right. But he is supposed to be concerned about the economic health and well-being of the American people. And they need those interest rates down so they can afford housing. Have you, have you thought about... Could you... Could you, could you partner with some of your, your good buddies over on Wall Street? Because Wall Street wants interest rates to come down, too, because the cheaper their money is, the, the more investment in the stock market there is. Yeah, it's true. Actually, there are a lot of folks who want to see those interest rates come They're down. They're at 5.5% is the Fed rate right now, with about a 7% interest rate on, on, mortgage. on mortgages. Uh-huh. Where do you think that should be? I think it ought to be down around 3%. I think it ought to be much, much lower. We ought to be going way, way lower than it is right now. Now, a week, a week before the midterms, back in 2022, mm-hmm. you, you came on here. I did. And you predicted at the time that Roe, the decision, the Dobbs decision repealing Roe, would be a huge uh, factor in that election. I said it would be on the ballot. It, and it certainly was. 70% of voters now say it'll play a big part in the 2024 election. You've Good. said that the end of Roe means a new era. What does that era look like? So look, New alliances? New, changing political what landscape? What it really means is is in a vibrant way to say to every American, this issue of who decides whether or not a pregnancy goes forward is either up to the person who is pregnant and that person's doctor, or it is up to some politician somewhere off in some state capital or even in the nation's capital. Understand the the contrast here. Donald Trump was president for four years, and he accomplished two things. One of them is he got an extremist Supreme Court that overturned Roe versus Wade. And the second is he managed to pass a tax bill that cost a couple of trillion dollars, and most of the benefits went to billionaires and millionaires and giant corporations. What's happened now is exactly what we anticipated, and that is in about 20 states in this country now, it is really, really hard to get an abortion. And we're watching women see this head on. A 10-year-old who's been raped, 
a mama who's already got three kids and can't handle it and can't go out of state to get help somewhere else. That's the state right now, but here's what happens after 2024. After 2024, if Donald Trump and the Republicans take over, they have made clear it's not just going to be 20 states. It's going to be every place in this country. They are going for a nationwide abortion ban. And understand this, if they can't get it through Congress, they've got an old law they plan to dust off. It's called the Comstock Law that was outlawed outlawed by Roe versus Wade. Now Roe versus Wade is gone. They're going to dust that little baby off and impose what is in effect a nationwide abortion ban. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and boy, she's been out there fighting. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris say, you give us the Democrats and we will pass Roe versus Wade as the law of the land. It'll be back to women will make their own decisions about their health. Last week. Last week, last week, you, Senator Fetterman, Senator Schumer, and Senator Sanders sent a letter to the DEA asking for marijuana to be descheduled. How is that different? Two-part question. How is that different from legalization, and are you high right now? (laughs) So, let's do the first part. Um... The answer is, legalization is what you could do if you had a functional Congress. Well, that's not the world we live in. So descheduling is something the administration could do without going to Congress. Right now, marijuana is scheduled, it's called, as a drug by the DEA, at the same risk as heroin. And that means not only is it illegal, you can't even do research on it. It's, it's so no. And what we're saying in this letter is, guys, get with it at the DEA. Uh, it's not 1954. Um, more than half of all states have legalized marijuana. They've said either Massachusetts, it's legal both for medicinal purposes and for recreational purposes. It's actually mandatory. <laughs> the toll booths on 95, they just hand them out. Personal choice. Okay, I understand. All right, all Just right. Just keep it. But, but the idea is to say at the federal level, instead of creating this conflict, which is causing all kinds of problems, got problems in banking laws and problems in tax laws, you just say deschedule. And look, we need some restrictions, of course. Let's treat it like alcohol. We need to, but deschedule it, join the 21st century, and let's make marijuana legal. I want to point out, you didn't answer my second question. (laughs) Senator, thank you so much for being here. Senator Elizabeth Warren, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Morning Footy.